0: Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Tookie's Take podcast. Right off the top here, I want to mention that the entirety of this show will be dedicated to uh, covering the ongoing Kyle Beach story. We will not be getting into graphic details of the report that was put out there. That information's there if you care to look into it. As much as we'd love to talk about the On Ice product, you know, at the end of the day, this is far more important than any takes on P.K. Subban getting fined five grand. The Seattle Kraken handing out plush salmon or new contracts that have been signed. We will return to that starting next week. I do have to mention off the top of the show, though, I contractually obligated, this uh, show is brought to you, of course, by Manscaped. Code 2 get checkout. 20% off your order. Free worldwide shipping. Again, thank you to Manscaped for sticking with us. Now, this is interesting <laughs> to kick things off boys uh, again here with endo and sin once more i mentioned at the end of the very uh, last podcast that we did that i was enjoying the chicago blackhawks on ice failings because i did not think there would be any consequences to their off ice failings and in the two to three short days now after that last podcast we have indeed uh you know uh, seen things come to light and I've never been so happy uh, to be wrong before we get into talking about everything though I do want to mention this off the top as well while there are numerous uh, charities in relation to this I'm going to follow suit uh, from one of my favorite websites that happen to be out there and EliteProspects.com uh, they made an addition to Kyle Beach's uh, profile page in the form of a link to 1in6.org the numbers 1in6 one in six. One in six dot org uh, on behalf of this podcast i'll be making a personal donation to that charity i encourage you to do the same or charities of a uh, of a similar creed i suppose in terms of what they stand for and who they aim to help uh as well i'll be posting this entire episode on my main youtube channel as well as the podcast youtube channel with all proceeds from that video going to one in six as well so just to cover that that said voice uh we will we'll go over the beginning once more and kind of how we got to this point uh, on Tuesday news broke that major changes were going to happen within the Blackhawks organization after the conclusion of an investigation admittedly I think an investigation that everyone was very very skeptical uh, skeptical about uh, and I think rightfully so Um and really this investigation was brought on after months of reporting from the likes of TSN's Rick Westhead uh, primarily after an initial interview with former Blackhawks coach Paul Vincent who deserves a lot of credit in this story making as much progress as it you know as it has seen he was the one who initially went on the record talked about what he did in terms of going to team management in 2010 during the middle of the playoffs, so uh, a big credit, of course, there. Uh, Along with Westhead, Katie Strang of The Athletic, who we've mentioned on the show quite a bit, of course, her dealings with the likes of the Arizona Coyotes, we've mentioned her a ton. Uh, Those two pursued this story relentlessly, Um, whereas, hey, let's be honest, I think one of the aspects of this story that we might not get into as much today, but I think it's worth talking about, uh, a lot of other uh, reporters and outlets didn't really uh, delve into the story too much. Yeah. Almost kind of said, that's ah, it's too risky. Let's take a step back. Uh, and thankfully, uh, you know, as we've learned from this story, a lot of people uh, like to take the status quo, approach, uh, status quo approach of Don't Rock the Boats. Those two thankfully didn't. So. And yeah, that is exactly
1: a point that I wanted to make up. The journalistic integrity of Westhead and Strang is... Is what all journalists need to aspire to, and what we saw through a lot of the journalists remaining silent, unsure of when to tackle it until it gains ground, and then all of a sudden, you know, everyone is all of a sudden on the same boat. It's it's that same sort of uh, old boys club mentality that plagues the NHL right now. It's that you don't want to go against the grain, you're afraid of of doing something, but that's the point of being a good journalist, and it's to report it, no matter how painful it is to any party to you know to report it no matter if someone's going to threaten your job and if honestly if you lose a job because of doing your job find a fucking new one because you're in the wrong place so yeah just kind of got to put that out there you know big ups to them and you know again we're seeing what's happening in the nhl it bleeds into everything around it it's toxic it, it infects it and now we all have to deal with it and clean it up
0: Absolutely. Uh, By Wednesday, we saw a lot of the fallout of the events of Tuesday, uh, with the man previously only being known as John Doe stepping forward in a TSN interview with Rick Westhead, that, of course, being Kyle Beach. Uh, The short of it is uh, former Blackhawks assistant coach Brad Aldridge uh, sexually assaulted Beach and others uh, with the Blackhawks failing to take proper action Uh, When Aldrich did leave the Blackhawks in the summer of 2010, he went on to work with the U.S. uh, Hockey National Program, as well as Miami University in Ohio, and then in 2013, he ended up in Michigan, where he sexually assaulted a 16-year-old high school player. Not only did they not take proper action uh, at the time, of course, but Aldrich was allowed to remain with the team through the rest of the cup run, getting his name on the cup and having his personal day with the cup as well and that brings us, I think, to one of the initial uh, discussion points that I've seen that I really don't think there's much discussion to be had, the question of should Brad Aldrich have his name removed from the Stanley Cup, where, uh, I don't know about you, Endo, but my take is, how was his name not removed once he was convicted uh, back in 2013, I do believe? Why did it take this report to consider maybe taking his name off the cup?
2: I, I don't I have no idea why this is taking so long. It's this this whole thing is just it's just a like a domino effect. One thing happened, and we're gonna get to the, all the other information that's gonna come out that came out and just discuss it. But it's just I I don't know how this this organization can do stuff like this and then try and cover it up, and then when everything blows up, GC kind of go like oopsie, uh, that's our past. Like we're just gonna brush it off a little bit it's it's inconceivable and the fact that this is only one of the stories that's come out i'm i'm 100 sure there's other stuff that have happened in the past with other organizations stuff like that i i don't want to say that's possible but given how bad this situation is there's probably countless stories from other players not only just major leagues or minor leagues being Harassed or forced to do certain things in order to better their career and have a shot at making the big leagues or whatever it may whatever it may fit. And I think this it's hard to stomach. I know a lot of people. Um, I'm I'm gonna say like when we get into this stuff like this, we're gonna get into the graphics, but just the context of everything around it. If you do feel uncomfortable, uh, by all means, you can turn off the podcast and just walk walk away, take a break, whatever. We won't feel any or no, mal, mal-neer, I can't know what the word is but we won't feel bad if you have to step away from the podcast for this episode by all means
0: it's a tough episode for us to cover yeah. so I'd imagine it's a tough episode for people to listen to but again we feel as though it's important um, you know I think about what direction the show could have gone and I think about the idea of uh, if I were to try to have a more positive spin on this podcast all the time what would we have done today I don't know the answer. We would have been the I don't know same. how you could possibly. Uh, sorry to cut you, you off,
1: but like, yeah, we would have okay. been the same as the journalists who fucking just ignored it. Like, you can't yeah. you can't do this. This is too big. It's too important. And to to, mm-hmm. to be silent on something, you're essentially you're not maybe not directly, but it, it, definitely indirectly. You're siding with the people who enabled this. You you become an enabler when you don't stand up against something. And I know that might be, be hard for, for people to grasp, but that's exactly what you're doing. If people face no consequences, i.e. Aldrich still having his name on the Stanley Cup, i.e. Mayu getting drafted in the first round, these are all connected. And it starts with people remaining silent on it. And yeah, so this was, we, we have to do this as, as hard as this for us, as hard as it may be to listen to and as much as it may bring things up in people, it's, you know, it's gotta be addressed.
2: Yeah. Just that very top, difficult
1: though, show. Yeah. This is going to gonna
2: be hard. Um, just, we're going to, we're going to talk and we tried a little bit. Cause there's so much to talk about and so much to dissect, just like pre-warning guys. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, um, this is hockey. This is hockey culture. This is everything around it, and this stuff needs to end. And we've had discussions about what we wanted to talk about, and we wanted to take an extra time to break down everything, make sure we cover everything that's happened with the situation because there's a lot. There's like four, five, like six, seven sections that we have to get through this this episode.
0: Yeah. So I thought it was best, um, and admittedly, like, hey, I'll, I'll take the blame on on anything that we might have forgotten to add in. Um, I did my best uh, with about. two and a half, three hours worth of showtime prep to go through all the information that's been released to try to kind of section it out based off of the topic at hand and go through it that way instead of, like, if you try to go through this chronologically, oof, because obviously whenever something comes out, more information comes out later. So again, if, uh, if there's anything that you think we may have overlooked or anything like that, let me know, but I promise it's not intentional. The last thing to mention here... I kind of put this in the beginning section. I don't really know if this was the right spot for it, but here we are. Um, In the aftermath of all that that's happened, this report coming out, uh, really the day before the report really dropped, um, Stan Bowman, GM of the Chicago Blackhawks, was allowed to, quote, step aside. He also stepped down as GM for the U.S. Men's Olympic hockey team. And we... um, you know, we, we, we've we seen the example already with Brad Aldrich himself of being allowed to step down uh, as opposed to, you know, hey, the word firing being used. <sighs> Bottom line is Stan Bowman's no longer the GM of this hockey team. And, uh, Sin, I'll throw it over to you here because you started to have a take before we started yeah. recording in terms of, wow, boy, how much of a punishment is this actually for the Chicago Blackhawks?
1: Exactly. I mean, we go... we. Avoiding trying to talk about the on ice product, but it's been severely hampered by Stan Bowman. I mean, with all the red tape, I'm sure around the original six organization, maybe they're looking for reasons to fire him. It almost, you know, and then he again, but it's that thing of being allowed to step down. You're a corporate guy. You get arrested. Oh, we're going to put a jacket over your handcuffs. Your handcuffs are going to be in front of you. It's this whole thing of giving these people dignity just because they're in this position of power and they have this reputation you know and but they they've tarnished it and i don't care how much dressing that you try to put on this thing their their reputation Mm -hmm. is tarnished forever and anyone with a brain and anyone who can think logically and rationally about this sort of thing and really understand that this is something that's real and in hockey and it's not no one's out there trying to trying to bring down hockey or bring down these guys without reason all right that's. This is real pain, real trauma that people are going through. And again, this just feels like PR, just PR things like, oh, find $2 million and and fire your GM. What what kind of consequences that $2 million is absolutely nothing. They didn't have to forfeit draft picks. They're not really punishing the team long-term. They're thinking ahead already. Well, the Chicago Blackhawks original six big market. Can we really punish them for that long? You know it, but something, you know, had to be done and this this is a situation where it feels like you're only sorry that you got caught the nhl is only sorry that this came out to light and that the public has it now that's what this feels like and that is what really really angers me is that it's only serious because other people are telling you telling you it and they don't grasp it or maybe they do and they're just so far gone that they're just able to you know push that all aside for, for profits and, and for reputation. But again, you, it's more negatives done to the reputation profits, whatever, but it's for me, at least I, 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 it's such a hard time for me to look at the NHL uh, and especially this Black Hawks organization in any sort of positive way right now with the way this has all been handled.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll move on to, you know, our kind of second section here, a little bit smaller of a, of a thing to cover in terms of what we can really talk about because it's more of a promoting thing. But, you know, obviously that first little section covering pretty much what happened from the beginning of this summer up until Tuesday. Wednesday was the big day, of course, where things really took another step forward as the TSN interview uh, was conducted. The full interview was up on both their YouTube channel and in written form on their website. It's also on their website in written uh, in video form. Excuse me. It's not Geoblock, so you can watch... The full thing Uh, and I encourage you to listen to Kyle Beach himself to tell his story in his own words the word hero is being thrown around man it's I mean that's that's the bare minimum I think that you can use to describe this guy but I'll mention this one excerpt from the interview before we talk about the NHL itself and Sin kind of already mentioned one of our big talking points from the NHL Uh, he said the NHL let me down and they've let others down as well they continue, to try and, they continue to try and protect their name over the health and well-being of the people that put their lives on the line every day to make the NHL what it is. And boy, if we haven't had to have those discussions in terms of other topics surrounding the game of hockey as of late. But again, uh, I don't know if you two got the opportunity to watch the, the full interview I did here before putting this run sheet together. And uh, it's tough, but I think it's a very, very necessary watch.
2: Yeah, yeah. 100%. I just... It was. There were times where I had to pause. Like I was, I was watching it live. I said, I just had to walk away because you could tell, like, the trauma and being able to finally have this spoken about and in public, it it it, it puts a tear on you emotionally. You can clearly see that um, Kyle was,
1: Kyle Beach was a uh,
2: very, very, um, like, distraught. Even when re- recollecting it, there were times he had to stop and just collect his thoughts and formulate stuff as. Because this stuff has been almost like a decade now. Well, actually more than a decade, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And having this stuff pent up and having no voice and feeling scared and worried about what's going to happen if this stuff does come to light. And I... He, he is definitely a, a legend. Uh, but hero, hero, obviously, by far. But uh, to be a survivor of this stuff and to be a voice... And I I I want to say as well I hope that he didn't remove his anonymy anonymity, uh, anonymity uh, because of us. Uh, there was some article that came out that apparently leaked his identity. Well, yeah, from what I heard. So yeah,
0: the report did not do a very good job of making it difficult for people to figure out who it likely was. Um, And I agree, hopefully that's not why he was feeling the need to say, okay, let's do this interview. But yeah, that that report was very specific when it came to age, height and weight, and stuff like that, that I felt like was completely unnecessary. But obviously, in a way, they mentioned the height and weight, because that was used against Kyle Beach to say, why didn't you fight off this much smaller man? Which, of course, does not at all factor in the power dynamic that again uh, aldrich his his dad's in hockey as sin knows his dad had had work i don't know if he's still with the sharks if he still is like his father has been the, i think the equipment manager for the sharks since the sharks arrived in the league like this is a guy from a hockey family who's in a position of power who can threaten your career while also threatening you physically with a baseball bat Yeah, it's I mean, but again, people will only look at the height and weight thing and all. How could you how could you not do that? And the ignorance to sit there and say that a 20 year old who just wants to live out his NHL dream wouldn't be scared of throwing that away (laughs) because of the power dynamic being thrown against him. Like it's just it's absurd. And honestly, people like that, um, they need they need to do a little bit of learning. Unfortunately, learning and introspection,
1: because if you're having that opinion, why you got to ask yourself, why are you so goddamn quick to side with someone who has hurt someone in that way? Why are you so quick to give the benefit of the doubt to the person to who did this, did these horrible crimes? And you see it time and time again. And that's always the same questions being brought up and like. The answer's right in front of you. Why don't they come forward? Look at your behavior. Look at the things you're saying. Look at how you're invalidating what this person has gone through. Why the hell would you want to come forward and bring that to life to face that sort of, you know, volatility and you know, on top of a huge billion dollar institution trying to shut down your story as well? Why don't people come forward? I mean, there's your answer right there. And yeah, it's people don't understand what happens in those situations either. You, some people who I've talked to oh, who have gone through similar things to this, they sometimes say it doesn't even hit you what happened until the next day, sometimes, days after, weeks after. Sometimes your brain will literally shut out that sort of trauma. It's a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Not going to get into the specifics and the science behind it, but your brain has defense mechanisms to shut off these sort of horrific trauma events like this. And Again, like Toogie said, it's just pure ignorance to have these sort of thoughts and to bring up these points of size and weight because, again, you don't know what the hell it's like and you need to just listen to these people.
0: Not to mention, of course, as well, the the details that we'll get into of the uh, lack of action, of course, from the Hawks front office in reaction to him telling them what happened. We'll move on. To the NHL themselves, because they are not without, uh, oh, not, not without, uh, I don't want to say consequences here, but th- there's some vitriol in their direction, and I think it's, it's very much justified. Uh, they officially fine the Chicago Blackhawks, a grand total of two million dollars, for inadequate procedures and mishandling of the 2010 matter related to the conduct of former video coach Brad Aldrich. In 2010, the NHL fined the New Jersey Devils $3 million for circumventing the salary cap. Uh, it also said clawed back, uh, yeah, clawed back draft and the league later uh, refunded half the fine. They refunded half the fine?
2: <laughs> what is Apparently. this, a charity? It seems like it's like, oh, we'll give it to you now and then give it to you later. This is ridiculous.
0: In addition, this comes from Darren Dreger. In addition to planned meetings with Quinville and day Off, which we'll talk about again a little bit later on, the NHL sent out a culture memo to the clubs yesterday reminding what's acceptable and what's not and highlighted the resources rolled out to support teams and personnel dealing with bad situations. Yeah, those same resources that did absolutely nothing the last time. Yeah, I'm sure it'll work this time.
2: Yeah, 100%. Yeah.
0: It's... It doesn't even come off as the bare minimum, does it? Two no. million dollars, a two million dollar fine for this. That's yeah, like I said earlier, like it's, it's like a fucking PR move, and it's just. What were the Rangers? What were the Rangers' find? It's like two fifty for for criti- Yeah, for criticizing. And if you can look that up, what were the Rangers' find for criticizing the? I think it was officially for criticizing the officiating in the aftermath of the Tom Wilson. Two hundred and
2: fifty thousand dollars. Yeah,
0: that's what I was gonna say. It reminded me of like a quarter million, which is.
1: For comments made hurting the league's feelings.
2: To quote AP Mm -hmm. News right here, the NHL fined the Rangers an extra extraordinary $250,000 on Thursday for what Commissioner Gary Bettman called demeaning personal comments made publicly about the head of player safety, George Peros. It's believed to be the largest publicly announced fine of its kind in NHL history, May 6, 2021.
0: So if Don Sweeney tomorrow... And then the next, and then for the next eight days, <laughs> goes out and criticizes George Peros. I had the the I'm just saying the numbers add up, and it's it's a joke, yeah. right? There's no other way to view it. It's it's an absolute joke, and just honestly, honestly disgusting. And that brings us uh, not only, of course, to the NHL itself, but the NHLPA, and specifically one Donald Fair who also are are not without blame in this situation. We'll get into more details about the Hawks a little bit later on, although it's already clear that the entire organization only cared about a cup and nothing else. Um, But yeah, even more so, again, the NHL and the NHLPA didn't do anything either. Uh, Donald Fair, uh, the NHLPA director, was informed in 2010 and 2011 about Aldrich's assault of Kyle Beach and also, Aldrich uh, texting a dick pic to another Hawks player, according to the investigation. Buffer evidently did a little or nothing and now denies recollection of that. He released a statement saying, Kyle Beach has been through a horrific experience and has shown true courage in telling his story. There's no doubt that the system failed to support him in his time of need, and we are a part of that system. Yeah, no shit, you're a part of that system. You were named in the report. You were literally named in the report. As someone who was approached, apparently multiple times, (laughs) and you did nothing. Yeah. Oh,
1: I have no recollection of these events. I can neither confirm or deny. I plead the fifth. It's all just garbage that you hear at any time when a powerful Mm -hmm. person is in any sort of trouble. It's just this, again, I'm going to say it like it's just a microcosm of, of larger things. Everyone, you know, I said it earlier, the people, you know, coming out and, you know, not wanting to believe the victim. That's a microcosm of the NHL, the NHL taking this right. It's just a microcosm of some of the corruption in the world at large. And again, we need to fix it on some form of scale or I'm just, you know, I'm just getting tired, like just physically and, and emotionally tired of this stuff coming to light. And then it just seems seemingly nothing ever changes. And it's, it's on, it's, you know, it's on the organization itself and what we've seen so far. It's not enough, so I, I guess it will take us pressuring the hell out of them and keeping on them until they do more because it's it's not even close to enough. It's like you said, it's not even close to bare minimum.
2: Yeah, just to add on top to, we're gonna get to the other uh, statements from other uh, players and people associated with the event. I, I've read through what um, Donald Fair said. You know what's really sad about this? This seems like the most genuine response at the end where he says he does feel like he's truly sorry and how he's failed on his honest job. But that's setting a very, very low bar. That is absolutely inexcusable. This is the bare minimum that anyone should be doing in this situation. Hell, the bare minimum was calling out this when it happened back in 2010. All this right now is just damage control. You've already dug yourself deeper. You're just going right
0: now. To anybody that is watching the podcast in video form uh, I am keeping an eye on, on Twitter um you know on my phone as well uh, Same. <laughs> just to, just a wait is there's just a so wait much. to see yeah. uh, for any other uh, particular news pieces that come up one in particular that I'm very intrigued by but for now we'll move on and talk uh, more specifically about the Chicago Blackhawks themselves um, this is from Rick Westhead Worth remembering that the Blackhawks, many months ago in their statement of defense, wrote that allegations of abuse and a cover up had already been investigated and were found to be without merit. Uh huh. We investigated Blackhawks. ourselves and found no
1: wrongdoing. Again, microcosm of a lot of other issues. And goddamn, like, I. We live in two different worlds. We, we down here, we, we face consequences for our actions and players, you know, players face consequences for their action by and large, um, even in that. But I mean, us as the, you know, normal people, it's, it's actually insane. You know, it's really just, you know, two different systems of justice and that's so that's, that's even, that's what makes it worse is that they looked at this, they would have found stuff and they doubled down on covering this up.
0: Oh, we'll, we'll be Ugh. talking about people doubling oh, down yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, From yeah. the report, Blackhawks officials held a meeting on May 23rd of 2010 to discuss the allegations of sexual assault. Those present included John McDonough, GM Stan Bowman, Joel Quinville, Jay Blunk, and Kevin Dayoff, the current GM of the Winnipeg Jets. From that report, quote, According to the Director of Human Resources, Uh, Jim Gary, who is often referred to as Doc Gary, said that during that meeting, Quinville appeared angry and was concerned about upsetting team chemistry. Stan Bowman, during his interview, recalled that after learning of the incident, Quinville shook his head and said that it was hard for the team to get to where they were and they could not deal with this issue now. Bowman also recalled John McDonough saying that the Blackhawks might never make it this far in the playoffs again and that they needed to think about when to handle the this issue your reaction to that first gentleman <laughs> um crock is shit it's
1: it's god damn like I, I had a thought but like just hearing the rest of it um period i i don't get it i mean i i get it from from the from like i how the hell did quenville step behind the bench Last night, after all this,
0: we'll talk about that too. I, but I—that's that, my only. See, this thing. is this is why this podcast was so difficult to yeah. put together because yeah. you talk about one thing and you want to lead it to another. I so I, I'm doing my best to keep us on track, but it's all, chess yeah. it's all encompassing and it's all incredibly fury, infuriating. Yeah.
2: I'm getting chills just talking about this stuff right now. It's bad.
0: It's awful. Yeah, it's it's inexcusable.
2: This whole thing is just
0: inexcusable for three weeks after this group was informed of allegations no action was taken because of, quote, whether or not it was the right time. As noted before, Aldrich stayed with the team until he was given the option to resign, which inherently allowed them to avoid investigation. Joel Quinville, however, wrote an evaluation of Brad Aldrich on June 29th of 2010 after Aldrich had already resigned from the organization. And of course, uh, again, after deciding not to do anything to address the allegations, the then video coach later made sexual advances on a 22-year-old intern before being let go by the team. Uh, Danny Wirtz, uh, you know, current owner or uh, I forget his official title with the team, but obviously of the Wirtz family that's owned the Blackhawks for a very, very long time, it says no one exec- no executive involved with the 2010 team will be with the organization any longer. Which means Blackhawks senior vice president of hockey ops Al McIsaac will be departing the organization as a result of the findings. And on top of that, Kyle Beach released a statement on Twitter shortly before this podcast uh, started recording, mentioning that there is still, of course, an ongoing le- legal battle with the Hawks, where I do believe in a different uh, statement that was out there, there was something in relation to saying that the Hawks were going to try to reach a settlement. I wonder why they'd want to reach a settlement so fast. So they gave their
2: $2 million? Get that two million from the from the, the NHL to him. This is it's ridiculous. There's no there's no amount of money in the world that can undo what was done completely. I don't know. Well, I know what you should do. Everyone who's been a part of this thing, they should be banned from hockey. Not even just the NHL, just hockey in general. The fact that it's been ten years and this is now coming into light and this is now being discussed, it's it's disgusting.
1: Yeah, and I bet a lot more people know about it who we're never, ever going to find out about, probably all the way up to the top. This sort of situation, in my opinion, would, would require a complete house cleaning, and it literally would start at the top. F. Bettman gone. Everyone, just the way this was handled, like, coming to light after, you know, over a decade. And I find it very odd, also, that this sport that prizes itself on – uh, you don't let anyone take liberties, and you got to stand up for your for yourself and your teammates. Let a predator run through their organization the way that they did, while constantly trying to cover it up. Like, what, th- what is you know what is this hockey culture? Clearly, it's not standing up for one another. That's clearly not it. Like, you can't you, you can't say one thing and, and then act completely differently when oh
0: because it's you, you can't rock the boat here. It's yeah, it, it's it's just gross. We'll move on to the next uh, little tidbit here of, of, of information that I wanted to mention as well. Uh, and it was an article that was written by Mark Lazarus, who does sh- uh, cover the Chicago Blackhawks. It's hosted on The Athletic. I, I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, and here's the excerpt from that. Kyle Beach is sorry. Now, he is saying this in reference to the TSN interview, of course, that we recommended earlier, where Kyle Beach, um, in one of the more difficult moments of that interview, uh, shared remorse. And honestly, you could tell he, he feels... Uh, like he's partially to blame for the fact that a 16 year old kid was a future victim. And that's one of the most heartbreaking things I've, I've ever seen. Uh, Lazarus continued Stan Bowman never said he's sorry. In one of the worst prepared statements in public relations history, the former Blackhawks GM said he regrets assuming that John McDonough would report Beach's allegations to the proper channels. McDonough himself never said he's sorry, the man who ruled the Black Blackhawks with an iron fist hasn't spoken publicly since he was fired a year and a half ago, and McIsaac never said he is sorry, he disappeared from the organization as quietly as he ruled it for nearly two decades, not even mentioned by name in Danny Wirtz's, or I think it's Wurtz, but his house cleaning on Tuesday, Kevin Sheveldayoff hasn't said that he's sorry, he's still running the Winnipeg Jets claiming ignorance. Joel Quinville hasn't said that he's sorry he was inexplicably behind the bench for the Florida Panthers on Wednesday night a day before he was scheduled to fly to New York to meet NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman a mustachioed symbol of how little the NHL truly has learned how little the NHL truly has progressed none of Beach's prominent 2010 teammates have said they're sorry. Memories and timelines suddenly hazy and disturbing allegations of homophobic bullying on the ice and in the locker room, hand-waved away as if nothing happened.
1: This reads like an organized crime investigation. If everyone just stays silent and never admits guilt, only certain people are going to be put away. You get the slap on the wrist, you know, the upper-level guys, Bowman, oh, you're allowed to resign, you're allowed to do this. But so- someone's g- eventually will have to go down in flames, but it's never ever going to be the person who deserves it the most and that's another thing that really sucks about this situation is we know we again some i would love to be proven wrong as we were sort of proven wrong today but we just have a feeling that the guys the, the, the most responsible are really not going to face the consequences that they should and that's again that's it sucks like that it, it breaks my heart for for beach for for every other victim of something like this, it
0: yeah for it just sucks. for a room full of such smart people and air quotes <laughs> there. There was no reason for anybody to have to take the fall. You report Brad Aldrich, and he takes the fall.
2: It would have just been one person, the person and who instead, did.
0: Instead, now look at this and the mess that they've caused because they didn't want a distraction. That said, let's get into talking about some of the things that have happened since. Um, in my opinion, Jeremy Colleton, head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, should be fired today, and not just for a lack of on ice performance. He said this about Stan Bowman in the aftermath of Stan Bowman's uh, stepping down from the Blackhawks. Quote, The Stan I know... Those aren't his values. It's hard to separate the two. Personally, I just think that you feel for him while also understanding that hockey culture, we got to make sure we're doing the right things.
2: You know what? The Stan I know let this happen. That that's the Stan I know. So, uh Jeremy Collison, you could you can go shove it completely after all this happens. I don't care. After everything that's happened, after Kyle Beach coming out and saying that he feels sorry for not for not having this come out and to stop two other stuff from happening, that is like I, there's there are no words to understand how frustrated I am and I how irate I am at this whole situation. It is absolutely disgusting. It is a stain on the organization. It's a stain on the league. And it's a stain on the hockey in general.
1: I just want to point out. Oh, yeah. sorry. I thought you're I thought you are done. My bad. Keep going. No, uh,
2: I. Oh, I could go longer, but you know what? Go for yeah. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna simmer down real quick.
1: The wording that he uses right here makes Bowman out to be a victim. And that's <laughs> mm-hmm. what pisses me off so yeah. much. Doesn't mm-hmm. mention the actual victim. He's like, oh, the stand that I know. Oh, this isn't her value. This is he's being put in such a bad light right now. Oh Oops. no. Holy mm-hmm. crap. Again. You, they don't understand the weight of the issue. It's they, they, Again, they
0: still don't get it. Yeah. They
1: don't... And
0: it boggles the mind. After the game and the backlash to his original statement, Colleton started his post-game by saying he wanted to clarify his comments from the previous morning. Quote, I made a mistake in not being more specific about my sympathy and admiration for the courage of the victims of sexual assaults. Uh, said Kyle Beach should be commended as well. Made a mistake in not being more specific about my sympathy and admiration for the courage of the victims. Dude, that Hawks PR team works fast and they're working
1: overtime right yeah. now because that, that, that those aren't his words. I refuse to believe that. If you lack sympathy as your initial reaction, that's that's your gut reaction. That's your instinct. That's where your mind is. I don't believe anything you really say after that.
2: Yeah, you have one chance, pick a good first impression. This is definitely your. Fir- this is your first impression right now. I think you're a piece of shit. Yeah.
0: Now I said at the start of this that he should be fired today, and uh, why? You might be asking. Uh, if in case that little segment there didn't uh, didn't do enough for you, uh, wait until our section uh, specifically about Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, and see if his original statement sounds very familiar to things that they said. Uh, We'll move on to talking about another staff member involved in this, of course. That is Jim Doc Gary, a name you are seeing a lot of due to this quote from Beach. And um, if you need to, you know, grab something, I recommend putting stuff down to not throw it against the wall in anger. Um, Kyle Beach said this, quote, that's also what Doc Gary told me, that it was my fault because I put myself in that situation in the first place. Jim Gary is a licensed counselor who was hired as a mental skills coach slash team counselor. There was also another part of the story about Jim Gary, the Blackhawks' mental skills coach. Um, and <laughs> Jim Gary himself told investigators this, quote, he sometimes used what he regarded as juvenile sexual humor to engage with the young male players in order to encourage them to receive mental skills coaching and counseling from him. So he's just one of the boys, guys. But, oh, you were sexually assaulted while a man was holding a bat next to you and threatening your career? Well, that's your fault, buddy. You see why I said don't have anything in your hands? Because you're going to want to throw something. I, I, I don't have a response to this, and I know you guys don't yeah, either. Just so like, let it speak for itself, because it speaks volumes. Just And then there's Joel Quinville and Kevin Shevel. Day off. Hi. We already heard the story about Coach Q's, which I don't even like calling him that anymore. I don't, because yeah. that's almost like a term of endearment. That it's is, Coach Q. He's Joel Quinville now. He's Joel yeah. Quinville now. Uh, we already heard of his frustration with the situation and wanting to hide it, placing the importance on winning a championship over sexual abuse. Of course, I also mentioned the evaluation that was written after Aldrich resigned. Quinville and Sheveldayoff had both denied knowing about the allegations at the time when they were first asked in July. Yet... And this comes from Matt Porter on Twitter. When asked if Quinville stands by the statement he released in July that he first learned of the allegations that summer, Quinville says yes, but he won't comment any further. Meanwhile, you have Kyle Beach recently saying there's no way that Quinville can deny knowing it. Yet he is continuing to deny knowing about it. And as mentioned, he coached the Bruins-Panthers game on Wednesday the 27th. And immediately afterwards, was shielded from the media, with GM Bill Zito stepping in, in his place, only to simply state, no comment. Again, the continued denial, the straight out of the Trump playbook of deny, 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 deny. Not only a Trump move, of course. Of
2: course, it's in Florida.
0: What was the Florida team? There's, a, there's a tidbit here that was brought up. Coach Quinville was allowed to play or was allowed to coach essentially. In 2008, the NHL suspended Sean Avery indefinitely hours before a game for his infamous sloppy seconds joke in the locker room. Yet Joel Quinville is being accused of knowing about a sexual abuse. He is continuing to deny it and he was allowed to do his job. Yeah. A meeting took place on Thursday between both Quinville and Sheffield Dayoff alongside NHL commissioner Gary Bettman. Uh, and Michael Tracos added this as well. The early word is that neither Q nor Chevy have been asked to resign by their teams and neither plans on resigning on their own. Yeah, I mean, why, sh- why should Quinville? You know, things
1: are going so good in Florida. He's got bigger stuff to worry about. 6-0, baby. Yeah, they're winning games, you know, this sort of chemistry, this sort of distraction. We can't have these sort of distractions right now. You who's go kill Quenville.
2: Who's gonna yell peanut butter when they score a goal? God,
1: <laughs> is that a thing, oh man?
2: Yeah, you like peanut butter every time they score a goal. We're back with the Blackhawks, Jesus, oh boy! Yeah.
1: All of a sudden, all I these mean, little things—they just make yeah. my skin crawl. <laughs> like I don't.
2: Yeah, because of how nasty this? a person is when you find. Yeah. It. it's crazy what happens when you find out someone's true intentions and what their actual mentality goes on with, with a situation like this. Like we said earlier, this whole thing could have been avoided, and we would have had high regard for Quenville and for Chevaldeoff and for everyone in the organization if this is all was done properly. If none of this happened, if alt was the only one to fall in this whole situation, this would not be a problem. The franchise would probably, they would have won their Stanley Cup and been a, an absolute dynamo, but I feel like that whole dynasty is tainted because of the situation.
0: It is. Yeah. hundred percent. And at the very least, and look, I'll say this. And I said the same thing uh, earlier in the week when we talked about the Chicago Blackhawks, this is in no way a shot at Blackhawks fans. I'm not saying that they should be ashamed for the fact that they were happy that the Hawks won three cups between 2010 and 2015. Those were fantastic teams as a fan of that team. You are more than in the right to have happy memories about those teams. But at the end of the day, are those Cup wins now no longer just going to be viewed as a great team that won three Stanley Cups? Yes. Because Stan Bowman was a part of building those teams. Because certain guys were still there from 2010. Because Joel Quinville was behind the bench. And I hate to tell you, but Joel Quinville, who I on this very show called a guaranteed hall of famer who I said, it's ridiculous. He only has one Jack Adams and he never won a Jack Adams in, in Chicago. Um, yeah, no, he, he's, his legacy has gone. His reputation is forever tarnished. And as a result, those, those cup winning teams for the Blackhawks, they're going to be viewed differently now. I'm sorry, but that's how it is. You're not wrong to still want to be a fan of Chicago um you know if you feel like attacked for being like well i love those teams you know you didn't do anything wrong you didn't know but yeah no the the legacy the legacy's changed yeah honestly
1: love That's just how it works love those teams all you want love those memories all you want that's fine please help us mm-hmm. hold them accountable now you know i'm not saying you have to hate your team you have to you know not look back on some of those with fondness but with the information you have now you need to please help us hold these people accountable, and and fight for this sort of change that the the NS, NHL so desperately and the world so desperately needs.
2: Yeah, and it just and that and that the good thing is I just add on to go ahead. This people said that the Tampa Bay Lightning championships, the back to back, were asterisks on it because of COVID and because of certain situations being over the cap. These championships that they've won with this team and everything. These these are the asterisk Stanley Cups because of what's gone on and ha- allowing this stuff to happen over caring about someone's mental health and caring about allegations and actual an actual crime being committed. That is why it's inexcusable. Just like I I don't I don't have enough words. there are not enough words in the Webster dictionary to describe how I feel about the situation.
0: We're gonna go in on I mentioned them earlier, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, very soon. Look towards someone like Alex DeBrinckit, though, if you're a fan of the Chicago Blackhawks, because he had the appropriate response in terms of looking at the departure of Stan Bowman. Didn't try to defend his character, nothing like that. Look at someone like Alex DeBrinckit. Embrace someone like that who has the right mindset and the right attitude as a future leader of your team. Embrace the people like that within the Chicago organization. The next little section that we have here, um, again, has to do with those trying to deny um, that they knew. And this interaction is from that TSN interview with Rick Westhead and with uh, Kevin, or excuse me, with Kyle Beach. Excuse me. We've had a lot of different names to keep track of. And there's a dog barking in the neighborhood. I want to shut that window. There we go. Uh, so Rick Westhead stated Court documents show that you've said that some of your teammates said after the fact. Uh, that they started using homophobic uh, homophobic slurs for legal reasons. We won't name them But how often was that happening? How frequently was that happening? Where was it happening and how soon after the assault was it happening and Kyle Beach said this word spread pretty quickly I do believe that everyone in that locker room knew about it because the comments were made in the locker room They were made on the ice. They were made around the arena with all different people of all different backgrounds, players, staff, media in the presence. According to the report as well, Black Ace Number 1, who was one of three people associated with the Blackhawks, along with Beach uh, himself and an unnamed intern, recalled a moment in 2014 where Kyle Beach was chased around the ice by a former uh, member of the Blackhawks while being called a F-slur and was asked if he liked that blowjob or what. Also, in terms of people trying to deny, this is from Lauren Kelly. Multiple players called Kyle Beach derogatory words and asked if he missed his boyfriend, Brad. Yeah. So, hockey culture is fine.
1: What's, yeah, nothing wrong with
0: hockey culture, clearly. Yeah. <sighs> that on top of, and I'm going to take this little bit uh, from our next section here. Brent Sopel. Uh, A former Blackhawk player was interviewed on Tuesday by TSN. He played 22 games for the Blackhawks during the 2010 playoff run. Uh, He corroborated this, saying that the Blackhawks locker room was abuzz for days with discussion about Aldrich during the 2010 Western Conference Finals after then-skill coach Paul Vincent, who we mentioned earlier, asked the Blackhawks management during a meeting in San Jose to report the alleged sexual assault of two players that season to police. Sopel said this, I'd say pretty much every player said, Holy shit and was shocked by it. We were all in the same dressing room. It was something that was discussed for at least two to three days. Quinville was in the same office as Aldrich. We heard about it. You have all of these people saying people knew. Mm -hmm. People knew. Yet people like Joel Quinville. No, he didn't know. Yet the meeting took place. It's... (sighs) It brings us to these two. That being Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Where Kane said, and this was, quote, yesterday, he had no idea who John Doe was until the name was released. He's the only one. I mean, it was, like you said, it was pretty easy
1: to kind of suss out at least kind of who it was if you wanted to do any sort of information. And Jesus Christ, man, that's such a a terrible attempt to cover your ass just of course that is in I it's it's kind attention. of almost comical how bad everyone is at trying to make this just because they're in so deep and it's it's honestly almost comical that they just keep clinging on to the same same denial it's like they're they cannot just come out and admit it cuz it means it means coming to grips with the fact that they let this kid down and uh-huh. are you know Shitty people. No one wants to accept that
0: about themselves, but sometimes it's necessary. It's in (laughs) direct contention. Mike's
2: muted, too, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it was. Sorry, it was picking up on my side, but we're good. It's in direct contention with what Kyle Beach said, Brent Sobel, Nick Boynton, Paul Vincent and others. It's also in direct con- uh, contention with what Sean Lalonde happened to say. He was a fellow black ace on that 2010 playoff roster. Uh, and he told an outlet in Finland that he thinks the whole team knew what happened to Kyle Beach and that now quote, players don't really know what to say. You
2: say the fucking truth. Cause the, the, I'd rather you say you knew than go back later on. And then I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I knew just confess they already It's already been out there that people are aware that the whole entire team knew about the situation. So why would you backpedal and say, oh, I didn't know. I just found out today. Motherfucker, you knew. The whole fucking franchise knew about the situation and nothing was done with it. Stop trying to backpedal and own up to this shit.
0: There's no way. Like You read all of this. I played sports growing up. I I know how locker rooms work, you know, up through middle school, through high school. And everyone's
1: curious as fuck. When something's
0: being talked about,
1: you want to know who it's about. That's, like, human nature, too.
0: That's, yeah. Now, in in terms of Lalonde's comments about people not knowing what to say, I think that is the most likely case. Like, the idea, Sin, and we've mentioned it on, on the show already, like, status quo, don't rock the boat, keep quiet. Nothing will ever come of this. No one will find out. And now that it's gigantic news, they don't know what to say. Because all the spotlight is on them right now. Which is exactly, and we're going to get to some of these quotes, why people like Taves, Kane, even Duncan Keith, uh, are repeating basically scripts, like Sin mentioned, uh, while people who aren't in the league, Lalonde, Sopel, Boynton, Dan Carcillo even, are like, nah, everybody knew. Uh, almost as if the expect I saw this quote, almost as if the expectation in the NHL is to keep quiet so you don't disturb team chemistry, which, boy, isn't that, isn't that exactly what Q wanted in that leadership meeting? Yeah. Hmm. It's just, it's the most obvious thing in the world. I'll get to another quote from Patrick Kane. I hate this one. Quote, I knew Stan very well. I knew him as a great man. I'm sure he would have handled things differently nowadays. So, uh, well, tell me, was that from Patrick Kane or was that from Jeremy Colleton? Yeah,
2: you know what? It, it sounds like he said, "Like, hey, let me, let me, let me copy your homework real quick, but just change a few things." Doesn't <laughs> look, like I did the exact same thing. It, it's you. <sighs> I, I keep saying it's excusable, but like, it's like, what are you doing?
0: This PR you team, you take that time to defend Stan Bowman?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's again, it's your. This is the wrong person that you're standing besides, and. Even if it's a subconscious thing, it's very telling. And I don't know if we mentioned the Blackhawks PR report. We're back on the players now, but I kind of had an idea. I know it's, you know, very kind of little, but these little things keep adding up. In the Blackhawks PR report, they're like, you know, we're oh, blah, 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 words, words, words. We're sorry. Same sort of script stuff. And then they said, this organization will always be dedicated to winning championships, ethics, and like performance. i like, oh, that's very interesting that you put winning championships in front of ethics and. That other stuff, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what you guys did in this situation. Look at you know Patrick Kane using his time to praise Stan Bowman. These are you know these are subconscious things that either people write in the PR or that they're saying. Which it's it speaks volumes to me that they don't really give a shit and they just wanted this to go away. And if they honestly, if they really felt bad, if they truly felt bad, they needed to come out immediately. When I don't care immediately when this started to drop again, they needed to come out and say. Yeah, we fucked up. We 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 were we were fed this the same lie by the league. We're sorry, but no. You doubled down. You think you're gonna get in too much trouble, and now you're you are now you're in way way more trouble because you're you're still trying to to make it go away. You're still singing the same tune when it's all out in the open, and we can all see it now. And we can all see that you're full of shit. And sorry if you can't see that. Really reevaluate yourself because it's pretty clear.
2: Look in the mirror. I just want to quickly update right now uh, on Twitter. From Kevin Weeks says, "I'm hearing there's a coaching change coming shortly with the Florida Panthers. Keep an eye on my ESPN colleague John Tortorella as one of the top potential candidates." This is I tweeted like as of five minutes ago. So Quenville may be out. Who knows? I bet when, he resigned
0: hopefully. though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We'll see if we have that update before the. Um, I bet he gets a
1: nice. <sighs> uh, uh, Recommendation, yeah. As well, I, I
0: will say it's also it's also coming from Mike Stevens at Mikey Stevens eighty one. in Quinville is out as head coach of the Florida Panthers. There you go. So <sighs> we will um, we'll keep an eye on that and and give our final thoughts on that at the at the end of the show. Yeah. Um, I wanted to add in a few quotes here from Jonathan Taves as well. Quote: "Say what you want about Stan and Al, they weren't directly complicit." In the activities that happened. Well, they didn't rape him. They just That's essentially what Jonathan Taves just said. What what a leader.
2: Yeah, they stood by, found out about it, and did fuck all about it. You're part of the problem.
1: Good leader, holding people accountable.
0: Unbelievable, yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. The next quote. People like Alan Stan have made the Blackhawks for players around the league and on the team one of the special places to play. Yeah,
2: it's really special because it could get something could happen to you. You're not going to do jack shit about it. They're going to bury it on there because, oh, got to win a cup, a silver hardware. That silver piece of hardware is not going to repair the mental damage that's done to you completely over this whole situation.
0: So it's, it's like one of those sick questions, right? Yeah. Except, hey, guess what? It really happened. Oh, okay. All right, guys. We're all sitting around drinking. Okay. Hypothetical. You win the Stanley Cup, but someone in the world gets sexually assaulted. Do you do it? Yeah. And the Blackhawks leadership said yes. Yeah, three times. Yes, three, we, we'll do three that. Three times. Three, yeah, <laughs> three no times. Yeah, no kidding. Another quote from Jonathan Taves. Quote, for someone like Stan who's done so much for the Blackhawks, and Al as well, to lose everything they care about in their livelihoods as well. It just, uh, I don't understand how that makes it go away. To just kind of delete them from existence. That's it. We'll never hear from them again. I have a lot of respect for them as people, and they're good people. Yeah, you know who else lost a lot? It was Kyle Beach. And
1: that's going to stick with him forever. These guys are going to move on. They're going to, they got plenty of cash. They, they, again, what really happened to them? Like that's, this is the thing that pisses me off about every, this happens every single time sexual assault is brought up. Oh, what about this person in power? They could lose everything. No, they don't. They're really not losing much of anything. In fact, they don't deserve what they had simply because of their failure to do their job in the first place. If any one of us doesn't do our job, we get fired plain and simple. They they didn't protect this kid. They, yeah. They
2: didn't That's... care. They legitimately did not care. Because if they did care about the well-being of their franchise and their players entirely, not even just Kyle Beach, this whole thing would have been solved back in 2010.
0: We would have addressed it. It comes off. It comes off as these guys are great men because they helped me live my dream. <clears throat> even if it even if it crushed the dream of somebody else. <clears throat> yeah. That's what it comes Step off. Step on as. someone to get to it's the a, top. That's what it is. It's a sacrifice. It's essentially a <laughs> sacrifice It's, a, it's, this it's
2: a literal human sacrifice.
0: Yeah. Jonathan Taves on Kyle Beach. Quote Listen, at the end of the day, I don't wish to exonerate myself in this situation by saying I didn't know, but the truth is I had not heard about it until training camp the next year. Keep in mind, Kyle Beach and others have said that training camp uh, in other instances is where the abuse took place from his teammates. So you didn't hear about it. So what? You didn't hear about it until uh, until until someone asked him about about Brad on the ice the next training camp. Is that when you first heard about it, John?
2: That makes Mm -hmm. it worse. That makes it that you're just like peacocking the whole entire situation. Just just making it even even worse. I keep saying even worse, but everything we hear about this, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. When does it end?
1: Yeah. Okay. So you hear about it at training camp, Mr. Leader. So you don't stop any of the abuse happening, the verbal abuse happening. Boys will be
0: boys. Taves quote, wish I could have done something. It's not an excuse looking back, but the truth is a lot of us were focused on just playing hockey. Boy, isn't that what Quinville and company just wanted? This is it. This is hockey culture in a nutshell. They're all
1: trained. You want you? no one's a real leader. (laughs) I I refuse to believe anyone there is a leader because none of them are taking responsibility. None of them are willing to go against the grain. None of them are willing to do the hard thing. And that's to say, fuck you guys and do what's right. No one in this entire situation did what was right. That's the issue. And that's
0: why Kyle Beach has gone through what he has. As far as I'm concerned, Joel Quinville has no legacy in the NHL, at least not a positive one. Uh, Patrick Kane, who I have called the greatest American player in the history of the NHL on this very podcast, has no positive legacy at this rate. Uh, Nor does Jonathan Taves. I'm sorry. You can view that as salty about 2015 or whatever, Bulls. If you've made it through this, much and then you hear me say that and you think it's something to do with fandom. You're completely misguided. That that's that's what they got. Like they they get to wear this, wear this as the letter on your chest. That uh, this is what you're going to be remembered for by a very very large amount of people. Yep. To end this show, I want to talk about what you know, Kyle Beach went through. Not only what he physically went through, but you talk about a guy who you look at his career trajectory in the immediate aftermath of this incident, and it's right there, plain as day. This is a guy who's been labeled the biggest draft bust in Blackhawks history. But boy, how much of that has to do with getting raped by a coach, being ignored by the team and mocked, or being ignored by the organization and mocked by his teammates. How exactly are you supposed to just focus on hockey like everybody else when that's happening? Someone dug up a Bleacher Report article from the 2010-11 season uh, where he was labeled with words like lazy and stupid to describe his play that he seemed, quote, uninterested and unfocused. Again, the timeline of this incident happening and wh- happening, and where his play fell off lines up perfectly. But unlike everybody else that we've talked about in today's show that gets to wear this, that gets tarred and feathered, feathered essentially, with saying, you're the scumbags that allowed this to happen. Kyle Beach has taken back the power. He's taken control of the narrative at this point, and he gets to turn this into a positive. And I, I, I can't even imagine having the strength to, to do that. When, again, the easy thing is to do what those who failed him did and just push it away and deal with it whenever, if hopefully Never.
2: You said it better than I probably could have said myself. This is this is the one time where is I, I do you even want to call this a victory? Like I I just I, do, I for him. Yeah, it's not it's not yet. Nothing's really been done. People have stepped down. There has not been any real charges laid out right now, which is like a like neutral.
1: In his in his personal life, this is huge for him. This is yeah. a massive step. But from a level of you know creating real change that we all look at, no, it's it's not enough yet. But for him, and this is this is an important part for him. And the, you know, the good news is that even if we're upset by how the rest of this is handled, even if it doesn't get handled too properly, he at least has you know gotten it out in the open and gotten a little bit of peace and seen the amount of support that he has, and that will at least help him with some of the pain, some of the trauma and some of the healing that he's had to been trying to do over all this last time. So you know, that's it that's at least good for him, but yeah, it's like how how do you recover from that and then just, you know, the again, I, I it's hard to blame the writers from back then because they didn't know, but I mean, we it just goes to say we're so we're so quick to just, you know, label someone's play on the ice as that as that's who they are and that's the career track. We don't even think about what else, whatever else they might go go through. And while it's funny to say "bust" and stuff like that, it's like with that's this shit person. going on, man, it's damn. Yeah.
2: Like I understand, like as a as a, like a writer, you want to you have to you have to use certain words and terminologies. I'm not going to say to like have like a safe space or anything like that, but sometimes if someone seems a certain way, maybe there's something happening in the background that they can't are afraid to discuss or afraid to talk about and stuff like that. Just, I don't know, just think, think twice about what you say about someone and how you report on them, because that could have damning effects. If something does happen in the future.
0: One in six dot org. again, one more time, the number one in six, the number six, org I highly recommend you check that out and other um, resources like it. I think that'll pretty much do it for today's episode. Um, again, very, very difficult to cover the incredible amount of information that is out there to try to process all of this information, the emotion behind it. Um, you know and that's the thing this is something that, Affects just the the, the ramifications of this story affects every hockey fan because you want to assume the best. And then sometimes you find out what's what's behind uh, the curtain that we don't get to see. And oftentimes in sports, it's not overly pretty. We will be back this upcoming Monday. Uh, We will hopefully um, be able to have it be more of a an uplifting show, as we, of course, always try to intend for it to be. Um, we'll get back more into talking about the game-by-game type of action, the day-by-day type of action as well. But we're not going to let this story slip to the wayside. Um, definitely something that, you know, I, I've made it a point to continue talking about this. We didn't, you know, hit that note on every show for the sake of trying to, you know, ha- have the feeling of the show come off as a certain way. But certainly the ramifications of what's happened will continue to affect the NHL. And, you know, for example, the the confirmation that Joel Quinville is going to be out as Florida Panthers head coach as we, as we move on here through this show uh, is hopefully just one of the very early steps towards getting things to where they should be. Uh, may common sense prevail <laughs> uh, certainly more frequently than it has um again if you've been watching the youtube side of things you know linked socials and all that's there uh of course you can find the links to everything that we do relatively easily one in six.org and we will see all of you next week thank you very very much for listening